Hello. Hope you're having a great day. Maybe Tuesday when we release this. Maybe different day because you're behind schedule. I am Justin. I'm Josh. And this is the Do Life Project. Cheers, buddy. Josh, I would like to point out yeah. that every time you say, I'm Josh, yeah. it is the exact same. Yeah, I know. Like, audibly, the whole thing is like, it's pretty amazing how uh, on point and exact you do that every time. I am a creature of habit. I, I, yeah, <laughs> all right. Uh, once I find something that works, I just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. And, and, and I just need to constantly do something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's your thing. That's your thing. So, we are gathered here today for another sip and read. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We uh, we changed it up again a little bit where we're not sampling any beer this day. We're doing two... Oops, sorry, Cord. We are doing two different types of bourbon whiskey. <laughs> and we're actually drinking out of like normal glasses this time. We're not, we're not doing the pine glasses. Also, we haven't drank half a bottle before also, we got on here. we haven't drank half a bottle. We've both had... Maybe a glass. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to sample two different bourbon whiskeys. And then we are also going to talk about the book Steal Like an Artist by Austin Cleon. Um, kind of similar to the War of Art that we talked about during our first sip and read. Um, again, it's just a short read about different ways to improve your creativeness, I would say, and just how to be a better artist. But I feel like it can be applied to really every aspect of your life. So we'll talk through that. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, you went over, you know, he has sort of like 10 commandments or, or 10, you know, key points that, that you went over. I think it's going to lead to some interesting discussion. So yeah, I think it'll be really cool. But first, what are we sipping? We are sipping Knob Creek. That felt weird to say. Why? Knob for, I don't know. A little dirty. What are you sipping, knob? What are you slobbing on <laughs> a knob? <laughs> so, oh, boy. So, yeah, we're drinking Knob Creek. Um, this is the nine-year-aged version. Weird flex, but okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, 100 proof. It's, it is small batch Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey crafted for superior taste and smoothness, Claremont, Kentucky. Okay, let's take a sip and uh, give let's talk little, about it. Give it a little rating. So before we give the rating, I want to talk about ratings real quick. Jay, I was going to say I'm a bit insecure about our rating yeah, system. Yeah, I, I feel I feel a little <laughs> I feel a little off, and I think we should talk through it real quick. Okay. So Jay made a good point. I feel okay. Well, yeah, because he agreed with you, which is why you feel like he made a good point. But go ahead. Maybe. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so the thing that i agreed with that i thought made sense was what are we comparing it to so is a one like your average drink no i think five a five is, is your average drink yeah i'm glad that we're establishing this yeah all right yeah. let's establish I think, this. I think five is average okay okay i don't know i don't know what whiskey is a one i don't know what you know i no, but again, if you're gonna, if you would drink this sitting around the fire, or playing pool or whatever, yeah. it's a five. Like black velvet is probably a one. Okay. It is fucking horrible, right? You're yeah, only okay. drinking it because you're 15, and that's the only booze you can get your hands on. Very you're not, specific. You're not 
picking black velvet. Right. Right. So I would say five is average. Okay. Ten, ten to me, this is why I don't think anything can ever be a ten. Ten is I will never have anything better than this. Well, you don't know that. That's fair. You don't know that. So um, that is how the rating system works in my mind. Okay. So below a five is below average. Yeah. Five is average. Yeah. Five above a five is above average. Above average. All right, cool. I'm glad we established that. Okay. And you can do halves and whole numbers if you I won't call it a rookie score anymore. Uh, I don't give a shit. Okay. Never really bothered me. All right. Except, you know, first time except I went home and cried. Did. Except yeah. when it did. Except when it did. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So Knob Creek, nine years aged, I think is really good, but I think it's only above average. I would honestly I think a six would be a stretch. Yeah. But I'm going to give it a six. I think that's the top. I think like perfect scenario, couple ice cubes, we're at a six. Yes, I agree. Um, I I absolutely agree. It's only slightly above average. Like yeah. Six, six point two. And yeah, I mean, I am, I am all for, and with whiskey, bourbon, scotch, I want to know that I'm drinking them. I like the burn. Yeah. I feel like this is a little too much. I agree with you. I, I feel like it's a little overpowering. Nothing wrong with that. It just doesn't it just doesn't bring it to that next level for me. Especially when we were spoiled last week with the Clyde Maze. Yes. That and it's so weird to say spoiled with a thirty five dollar bottle of bourbon, but yeah. god damn did that taste like a hundred dollar bottle yeah, of bourbon. Yeah, that was really good. So good. So I, I I totally agree with you. This is a little bit more of a burn than I enjoy. Yeah. Um and it's a lot slow like Last week it was going down like water, dude. It was delicious. Yeah, this this is much more of a sip and uh, yeah, and think about it kind of yeah. kind of drink. Yeah, like wow, I had a hard day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh, I just watched the Patriots and Mac Jones suck. Well, for he didn't. An it wasn't. Hour. I don't. You don't think so? At the end, he fell apart. But I thought he was doing great for the first three quarters. Yeah, he looked okay. Like him and Devontae Parker were hooking up for long passes. True. He was he was three for three for seventy five yards. That, you know what I mean? That's fair. It's just I think I think that he starts falling apart when he feels the game getting away from him. Yeah, he's trying to play hero ball. Yeah. You're yeah, not Brady. He's trying to get all the points back. Yeah. And on one drive. Sounds like somebody else I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that on Friday. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we will. <laughs> you dirty boy. But yeah, so Knob Creek, six. Six, yeah. Only only slightly better than average. It happens. Again, it does. It's good. It's it's just not great. I would I would still recommend you get it. Uh, if you presented me with a glass, I would not throw it back in your face. I would absolutely drink it. For sure. Uh, but I, again, I think it would be maybe one, two glasses at most, and we, we move on. To on the next. Yeah, yeah. Give me a beer. All right. So with the Knob Creek being at a six, let's talk about the book that was brought today. And again, the book is Steal Like an Artist, 10 Things Nobody Told You About Being Creative by Austin Kleon. So this book is very short. Uh, I think it's only like 140 something pages, hundred and literally 140. Yep, okay, 140 pages. Um, super easy read. The book is smaller than my hand, um, but it, it goes through 10 things to help you be more creative, be a better artist. And again, that's not just, you know, 
painting or drawing or anything like that. I really feel like you can apply this to everyday life, regardless can, of what you do. Can I'm actually curious, as somebody yeah. who's an artist, what do you define? How do you define an artist? Creating. Anything create creative. So the way I view art, and again, I mean, I think that this is kind of the cool thing about art is that it's so individual. You can think about it however you want. The way I view art is that you brought something into this world that didn't exist before you. So when I write a song, even if it's the same chords as somebody else, nobody can play it the way I did. It's unique. It's individual. And it didn't exist until I did it. Can you tell me something that you deem to be art that's outside of the orthodox sort of like, right, outside of painting, outside of graphic design, outside of music? Architecture. Architecture. I okay. think I think being able to build a building yeah. is very artistic. Okay. I think that's something that, again, we're... we're you, you do all the same steps that you would painting a picture or writing a song or designing something. But instead of your medium being, you know, paint and pencils and canvas and all that, it's steel and concrete and wood and screws and nails. Do you feel like um, a boxer is an artist? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because you're, you're, yeah, and... and I would say almost more in a mental way than than the physical way. But again, you're creating this this dance. You're creating this movement that is is pushing you to something else. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I I guess I just want to be able to make it clear that you can take away value whether you're a graphic designer or a football coach or yeah. uh, a boss or a, yeah whatever. Right? Yeah. Definitely. Again, well, we'll we'll go through we'll go through the um the ten the 10 points that they make in the book. And um, we can talk about not only from an artistic standpoint, but from an everyday standpoint, how, cool. how we can apply them. Cool. Uh, let me start though, by reading kind of a bit of a synopsis about the book. Steal like an artist, 10 things nobody told you about being creative by Austin Cleon. An inspiring guide to creativity in the digital age, Steal Like an Artist presents 10 transformative principles that will help readers discover their artistic side and build a more creative life. Nothing is original, so embrace influence, school yourself through the work of others, remix and reimagine to discover your own path. Follow interests wherever they take you. What feels like a hobby may turn into your life's work. Forget the old cliche about writing what you know. Instead, write the book you want to read, make the movie you want to watch. And finally, stay smart, stay out of debt, and risk being boring in the everyday world so that you have the space to be wild and daring in your imagination and your work. I dig it. I dig it too. So let's start by going over the first, uh, the first point, which is... Steal like an artist. So to me, steal like an artist feels kind of kind of wrong in a way. But the main point is you, you want to be inspired by. You want to take from. You want to you want to have the energy from what you're looking at, what you're reading, what you're feeling 
come into you and then you use it. So steal may not be the best word. May borrow. Maybe pull from. Pull from. But every artist has someone that they look up to, someone that they pulled inspiration from. Maybe you see it in their work, maybe you don't. I feel like with a lot of bands, you listen to them, you can hear kind of what brought them to play their instrument. But it's different enough. I think of a band like A Day to Remember, Blink-182 is their main influence. A Day to Remember is a metal band, where Blink-182 is a pop punk band. Yeah. But you can still hear it a little bit, but they made it their own. It's difficult to start from nothing. And honestly... There's really no original ideas anymore. Well, I also feel like um, if you're starting from zero, then, I mean, you're definitely going to repeat mistakes that other people have already made. That's true, too. So why not cut out on that learning curve? I agree. By by pulling from people that are successful and, and inspire you. Definitely. And, and over time, you are going to influence your own work. And it's going to start to tail away from your inspirations and become more of your own. Yeah. But again, th- those those little things that you borrow, that you that you steal, will remain. I mean, I can, from experience myself, uh, one of the guitar players that I look up to, I, the way he holds his guitar, I, I took from him. I stole that. The way that the progressions he likes to use, I, I started using that when I was in high school and... I still, to this day, now again, I've made them my own, but I, I 1,000% stole that from him. <laughs> 1 million percent. I think about this from a jujitsu perspective, as yeah. I think of most things from a jujitsu perspective. Yeah. Um, like, I steal from everybody on the mat. How could you not? Yeah. I have to. Right. Because if not, I would never make any progress. I would never get any better. But I take all those things and I mash them together and they're slowly becoming a part of like my game and my system where I've taken things that I like from different people, you know, and primarily my game now mimics Jay's just because I spend the most time with them, you know, so if I'm stealing from anybody, it's, it's, it's Jay, dude, a lot of it's sorry, Jay, sorry, Jay. No, I'm sure he'd be happy to know. Um, so I, 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 I think that that's interesting. I think that there's a line in certain in certain um, avenues, I think there's a line between taking inspiration and actually stealing. Yeah, that'd be plagiarism. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big word. Good word. Thank you. Um, I wouldn't scrabble with that. Yeah. Um, But I think that it's important to pull inspiration. You have to. You have to. Definitely. And I think, so, from a non-artistic perspective, to apply this to your nine-to-five job, Maybe you like how this person organizes their day. Maybe they print out their calendar and they actually write down everything. Maybe you want to steal that practice. Or maybe you like how when somebody starts a meeting, they start it with random facts or something like that. You could steal that to make your meetings maybe that much more entertaining. Maybe people will be more engaged based on this. Now, you stole that idea. But over time, you kind of adapt it and make it your own. And now you have your own idea and your own way of doing things, and you've progressed. Do you feel like in the in the workplace, 
people are comfortable to do that no. now? No. I don't. And Neither I f- do I. I feel like that is... Yeah, where's that come from, you think? I feel like it's just habit. I feel like it's just routine. I feel like, I feel like the corporate way of working, and I actually do think it's changing. I do want to be clear about that. I actually think that that whole environment is shifting a little bit to be more laid back. But I think that it's such a, everybody's competing with everybody else. It's That's, such a, it's that, yeah. such a, I want to be better than this person or I should have that person's job. It, it, I think that's what holds us back. I I agree. So that's that's there was two there was two thoughts that I had on that. Number one is exactly what you said, where people are competitive and maybe they don't want to admit that that is a best practice and they think that they can do it better, or, or whatever the case. And then I think on the other side of that, people are like, I don't want to be a copycat, right? I don't want I don't want to watch Justin run a meeting and then me come in and start a meeting the same way. And it's like I totally get that. It's like number one, that's a that's a flattering thing for somebody to be like. I like the way that you do that. Just go up and say it to the person. Say, hey, listen, I love the way that you start your meeting. You mind if I you mind if I steal that from you? And they're right. gonna laugh and be like, absolutely. You and it's not gonna be a big deal. <laughs> you wanna know something funny? I stole it from this person. Yeah, that's exactly exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So that's interesting. Yeah, no, I agree. So the second point that they make in this book, and this is actually something that we've talked about, I feel like in multiple episodes so i don't know how deep we'll go into it but the second point is don't wait until you know who you are to get started i feel and again i feel like we've talked about this a lot it's important to just start you're not going to have all the answers you don't necessarily know how things are going to work out you don't know what you don't know you just got to start you just need to start moving so i've had people so my 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 big thing is like just start a hundred percent and try a bunch of different things. Like just start a bunch of different things to figure out what you enjoy and what you like. And one of the questions that I get a lot is, well, when do I know when to quit? Mm. Right. Like, okay, just start. Okay. All right. I've started. I've been doing this six months, right? I'm not great at it. Uh, I'm not having a lot of success. I'm not making money off of it, whether it's a side hustle or a new creative project or whatever the case is. When do I know when to quit? What are your thoughts on that? That's tough because I don't know. I feel like once it starts to become unfun and it is impacting the rest of your life. So nothing that you do is going to be fun 100% of the time. Yeah. I think when it starts to bleed into other aspects of your life is when it needs to stop. When other things start to become unfun because of this one thing, that's a problem and needs to be evaluated. It's a good red flag. I, I don't feel like there's there's the answer to this. No, I was about to say I honestly think it It's a combination of things. Yeah. Right? It's like if 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 you realize a month in like I'm not passionate about this, fucking stop. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, if you're not enjoying it, if it's bleeding over into other things. But if you are loving the process and you are loving it and you're just not finding success yet, like that's okay. Hundred percent. Just keep moving forward. Fake it till you make it. And yeah. that's one of the um the things that's in this book that is bold and large font. Fake it till you make it. You know, I, I struggle with that. I go back and forth. Why do you struggle on it? I feel like fake it till you make it can mask or or, or, or hinder you from learning and growing if it's something that you don't know. 
like having to fake it till you make it to me means I have all the answers. I know exactly what I'm doing. Uh, I know how to be successful in this. I'm or actually I'm already successful in this thing, and I feel like it shuts the door on growth opportunities. So, you don't think of it as a fake it till you make it. I'm here with confidence, but these are th- I I know what I don't know. You think it's well, fake it till you make it. To me, is like I am putting out into the world that I am already successful at this thing. That's fair. Well, if you're already successful at it then somebody who is actually at your level or who is a little bit better than you or maybe a lot better than you might not look at themselves as that way. And maybe they don't offer a help. Or maybe you're like, uh, I can't ask these people what they think or I can't ask them their opinion or I can't ask them for help because I'm already quote unquote made it. That's fair. I never really thought about that. That's actually a really good point though, that to keep up the facade, you you keep yourself kind of siloed and, and there you are. Yeah. Huh. I actually really like that. Well, I don't really like that, but I like the point that you made. It's it because that's something I used to believe in that big 100%. time, dude. Big time, yeah. dude. When I first started in business, I was like, I am the fucking man. Like, I, I, hundred percent fake it till you make it, dude. I would tell every, and then as I thought about it and digested, I was like, it's hindered me. Yeah, it's hindered me in in the early parts of my career because people would be like, oh, I didn't think that you like needed help. Just seemed like you got it. Huh. Like I don't got it. I don't got <laughs> I don't it. Don't got it, dude. Where if I had let myself be a bit more vulnerable and honest with the people around me, maybe that would have been different. That's a really good point. I'm gonna think about that now, laying in bed. It's gonna keep me up at night. I I hope I keep you up at night at least once a week. Hey, thanks. <laughs> Can I have some more of that up creep? Yeah. So the third point would be to write the book you want to read, which I really like and I think is very um, very applicable to most things. So write the book you want to read means be the person. Fuck me in this mic stand, dude. You got to get your hands under control. I dude. do, I guess so. Fuck. It's all right. <laughs> so People understand, it's fine. They do, and if you don't, that's fine Stop too. Listening. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um, so, write the book you want to read is beyond just that. It's it be the person you want to be or the person you want to see in the world. All those kind of things. But I think it's important to to remind yourself that that you are the author. You can write whatever book you want. Why not create what you would enjoy? So I think about this from. Like I, I think about the podcast when, when, when I thought about the podcast, when you read that, when we started this, one of the things that we said was we want to make episodes and have conversations that we find interesting. I think that in today's world, it's very easy to always think about what do other people want, even if it's not interesting to you. Mm. And I think that the long game is to write a book that you'd like to read, create something that you want to consume, no matter what it is, and you will build an audience of people that enjoy it as well. Rather than trying to guess what people want, create something that you love, and I promise you, there are a bunch of other. it's a big world, I promise you, there are a bunch of other people in the world 
that are going to enjoy what you enjoy. 100%. And I feel like the... Um I feel like you can tell when somebody's talking about something they truly enjoy compared to something that they're doing just for the likes or the views or the listens yeah. or whatever. It, it People are not entirely stupid. People can tell when you're being genuine and when you're not. At least I think. I, 100%. Yeah, I think so too. I hate that. I, I, I listened to the last podcast. I said 100% like a thousand fucking times, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's so frustrating. I was like... <laughs> God, see, I listen to our podcasts. Yeah, I enjoy them. I, I, we're we're writing a book that we want to read. Fucking narcissist. I am. <laughs> <laughs> the one, the one last point on you know write the book you want to read is in the in the book that we're referencing. The main the title of this chapter actually has write what you know, which I feel like is the direction that you get a lot. When you're creating things. Well, what do you know? Yeah. And in this, no is actually crossed out and they wrote like and underlined it. Okay, write what you like. Do what you like to do. Even if you don't really know it, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it you'll out. You'll get there. But do that because you're going to get better results then. And you're going to get farther. Even if yeah. you don't get better results immediately, you're going to get farther and you're going to go deeper and you're going to become a subject matter expert in that thing, whatever that is, because you give a fuck about it. 100%. 100%. So, number four. Use your hands. Like physically use your hands? Like, <laughs> like paint? Mold some clay? What, what do they mean? So, yeah. Yeah, essentially. The, the main point is to step away from the screen. But what if you're creative thing is on the screen art that only comes from the head isn't any good and that's a quote mm. from the book i don't agree with that i don't agree with any of this you don't agree with any of it no okay i think that i took it when i first read this a little differently than what's in the book use your hands means just be involved go deep into it to me get uh, your get your hands dirty yeah exactly throw some elbow grease on it with this it's like Create with your hands. And I think I think there is value in that. I, I do. I mean, you create with your hands. I do. And again, maybe that's why I find the value in it. Or or like to, to apply it to work, I find that when I write things down and put my ideas on paper, physically let them out, I I find better results. Well, that's that's proven. Um, that's an actual statistic. So you could apply it like that, but I feel like I don't know. This is this was the one point in the book that I was like, I don't really I don't really relate to this. I feel like I feel like there's definitely some value to getting away from your computer and like going for a hike and stuff. I just don't I don't know if you necessarily have to to be a better creator. I'm all about getting your hands dirty though and getting in and, and doing the work. But I think about like this. This is the podcast I mean is is probably one of the most creative things that I do in my life. I'm not a very creative person. Um, at least from my perspective, like I don't play any instruments. I don't paint. I don't draw in your traditional art sense. And I don't really, I view jujitsu as an art, but I don't view myself as an artist. I view myself as a practitioner of it. And maybe that'll change as, as time goes on. But like, I don't, 
Uh, but you know what, dude? Like our experiences in life that we go out and we get our hands dirty and we come back here and we talk about it. Like what the hell would we talk about if we weren't out doing things, getting our hands dirty? That's fair. Right? We'd have nothing to talk about. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe I just changed my own mind. <laughs> so we're all about here. Yeah. It's changing your mind. Yeah. Point number five. And I think this is really interesting. Side projects and hobbies are important. So not important in the sense of like, that's what makes you happy. But what I found interesting was, and they wrote this in the book, and this is a quote. One thing I've learned in my brief career, it's the side projects that really take off. By side projects, I mean the stuff that you thought was just messing around. Stuff that's just play. That's actually the good stuff. That's when the magic happens. And I think about that with playing my guitar or even doing this. This is just fun. This is just, yeah. this is just enjoyable. I've never once thought of this as like, I have to go record. I have to edit. I have to do these things. This is, this is a hobby. This is a side project. Yeah. I have a nine to five job. I have my band. Yet this is, this is, this is where the magic happens. Yeah. Again, this is something that we were like, it'd be cool if one, two, five people listened. We're over 205 now. And again, this has just been nothing but fun. Yeah. Everything about it has been a good time. Yeah. So I, I, I thought it when I first read this, that that was kind of bullshit that like, yeah, sides, projects and hobbies and they're good, but they're not driving me to my ultimate, to my ultimate goal. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm wrong. (laughs) I really do. I, I, I've found more joy in, in doing the side projects and the hobbies. And honestly, I feel like I have gotten much further in terms of like, quote unquote success. I think that's relative, relative, but, um, yeah, again, the, the side projects and the hobbies have been where the most success and the most fun and the most enjoyment have come from. I, I agree. I totally agree. Um, prior to starting jujitsu, prior to us doing the, the podcast, I didn't really have any side projects or hobbies other than like, I don't know. I don't even know. You know, right? like I don't even know. I, I don't even, I don't consider lifting as like a hobby or a side project in the way that I view jujitsu in this Really? Yeah, I don't view lifting that way. I don't I I don't even I used to view running that way. I don't really view running that way anymore either. I just think about it as exercising. Huh. I don't think about jujitsu as exercising. Interesting. Yeah. Um so I this is the most like I have the most fun in jujitsu and doing this. And 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 we don't and there's no pressure to have this immediate amount of success. This nope. is just us having fun and putting out hopefully valuable content to people and fun and interesting conversations that they enjoy. More importantly, we enjoy. 100%. So I, I, I sort of agree that because you don't know you don't know what you're going to enjoy. Right. Like we could have done all this yes. and been like, we fucking hate this. Right. Right. Oh, a thousand percent. A hundred. Yeah. Yeah. We, we hate this. 
We don't. Nope. We love it. It's yeah. awesome. And we would have never known that if if we didn't say, yeah, let's do this little side project. 100%. And what you just said ties very well into point number six, which is the secret. Everybody, we're going to let you in on the secret right now. And the secret is do good work and share it with people. So simple, yet something that has proven to be quite accurate. If you like what you did, and you enjoy the process and, and what you're putting out, share it with people. And other people will like it as well. If you like it, I'm going to go on a limb and say that there is a group of people similar to you that will also like it. There's a market for everything. It's amazing. There's a market. Girls sell pictures of their feet. Okay? Girls sell their bath water. Yeah. Dude. So. There's a market for for everything. Hell yeah. If you like woodwork, Mm -hmm. take take out a video camera. And record yourself doing some woodwork. You don't have to be great at editing. Nope. You don't have to, you don't, no, no special effects. You don't need to be crazy at it. People will watch. People will like. You'll get better. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like some people, myself included, and I'm sure I've actually, I know for a fact that you're the same way, can be hypercritical of their own work. Oh, I'm brutal. Yes. You're, you're, you're probably worse than I am, where it's like, it's not good enough. To put out to people. Yep. Right? Oh, well. Just put it out there. Just it, just put it out there and let the market dictate its value. Yeah. And honestly, that's something that you have helped me tremendously with with the podcast. Because I think the first couple of episodes, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. I was very unsure of my ability to record and edit. I was unsure of my ability to talk into this microphone for... Any extended period of time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Justin used to think our podcast, we're going to be like 20 minutes. <laughs> I totally did. I, yeah. And um, yeah, I was wrong. And I'm glad that it was like, okay, this is cool. This sounds, I'm happy with it. Josh is happy with it. Okay. I don't care about anybody else's opinion. We're going to put it out. And, and you know what? A bunch of people like it. Yeah. I was going to say, and it went way better than a bunch I, of people like yeah, it. Yeah. It's awesome. It's amazing, dude. What? And that so that that's that's such a that's such a great thing is like we get we get a little bit of analytics on how each episode of the podcast is performing. Yep. So we know what people are enjoying and 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 listening to more and less and so on and so forth, which allows us to create good work and share it with people. 100%. I love it. So sharing it with people used to be a little bit more difficult than it is in today's age, which leads to point seven, which is geography is no longer our master. Hey, we got the internet. We can be anywhere at any time with anyone. Not only is geography not our master, information, or, or I should say access to information is for, for most people is no longer your master either. Yeah. Like you have Google. Yeah. Google knows all. <laughs> sure does. Google knows all. Yeah. Again, you're not, there is nothing anymore that you can't find out and there is nowhere that you can't be. I mean, I have a friend who 
I used to play in bands with who started something new and actually became quite popular in Australia. He lives in Boston. He, he lives in Boston, Massachusetts. Internet, man. Internet, dude. Like, Not only that, but the access that you have to people, right? And, mm-hmm. and I'll give two examples that I shared with you last week. One, on Instagram, um, Joe, De, Joe DeSanya, who is the um, creator and founder of the Spartan Races. So cool. Liked a bunch of my stuff on my story. Oh, popular. I was like, that's amazing, right? That's that's insane. I'm podcasting with an influencer over here. <laughs> Shut up. And then uh, one of our listeners um, uh, suggested uh, a book from Nick Lavery, uh, Objective Secured, which is, um, we're, we're, I'm going to bring that to a sip and read in the next couple weeks. Hell yeah. Uh, he he liked it. I was messaging with him. You know, this is a guy who who is was on Jocko's podcast and on a bunch of different you know big time bot podcast. I was messaging with the guy. This is an established author. Like that, there's there's never been more access to people information than ever before. It's awesome, and and yeah, again, the thing that holds us back is is us. Yeah, we can. With the internet, you can reach out to anyone. You're your own worst enemy. Hundred percent. When it comes to when it comes to just putting yourself out there, yeah, just putting yourself out there, which a hundred percent can be uncomfortable. I mean, I'm don't not taking that away. I Wildly mean, uncomfortable. It's like, yeah, you're putting yourself on display. That can suck. But the, our first few episodes, I was like, oh my god, I felt so cringe. Oh yeah, you know. And then I would get the feedback and people would be like, oh, we love it. It was awesome. And I was like, really? I thought I, I should have said that. I should have done it. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's just like you gotta, you just got to put it out there. Yeah. You just got to put it out there. Again, uh, there's a quote that I really like that I'm going to butcher, and that's okay. But it's something along the lines of like, if you want to be the distinguished professional, you need to be comfortable being the chaotic amateur. Yes. Like you need to be all right with the fact that the first few that you put out, not good. Not good. And maybe the content is great, but the way you recorded it is bad. Or your editing's or, bad. Or your editing's or the sound bad. quality's bad. 100%. Or your dogs are barking, which is what happened in our first episode. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it just is. Yeah. If you go back and you look at, like, Gary Vaynerchuk's first, uh, who's a, do you know who that is? No. Vayner Media is a big, big. He owns a media company. He's, he's huge. He's huge on social media. Um, super, super popular guy. If you go back and you watch his first videos, they're hor- he says they're horrible. I've watched mm. them. They're horrible. If you look at Joe Rogan's first podcast, there the video quality is terrible. I think of the uh, the Morbid Girls their podcast. Yeah. I actually went back and listened to their first few episodes and thought this is not the same. Yeah, but hey. Again, everybody has to start somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. And you shouldn't let where you are or your sphere of people that are around you right now influence. Because maybe you don't get popular in the United States. Maybe you do get popular in Australia. Yeah. Well, you have the opportunity to do that. 100%. Because we're not we're not handcuffed to our geography anymore. Right. Point number eight. And I feel like this is a 1,000% common sense. I mean, we know common sense is not common. Point number eight, 
be nice. The world is a small town. I mean, don't be a dick. <laughs> what else is there to say? That's hard, though. It is hard, but... It can be hard. It can be hard, but think of it from the perspective of, let's go along to get along. Yeah. I can be civil with anyone because I don't know when I may need to ask you for something. Maybe you are the only thing that's preventing me from getting to the next level. I need to I need to have that relationship with you. We don't need to be friends. I think that's something that be nice can uh, misconstrue. We don't have to be friends. We don't need to be able to go get a beer together. We don't. We just need to be able to be civil. Yeah. Be nice and be kind. Yeah. You also don't know what people are going through. Also true. You know? <laughs> it's so funny, dude. Um, a couple weeks ago, uh, for those of you that don't know, I live I live on a, a dead-end road. And at the end of my street, um, like on the other side of my house, is, is a school. And the parents that come... And when they leave the school, there they blow through us like they they take the corner hard. There's only one way in to obviously because it's a dead end, one way out. And there's a stop sign, and I'm sitting at the stop sign, and, and I'm an asshole, and I'm I'm looking at my phone sitting at the stop sign because I had gotten I think I had gotten a, a Teams message from work or something like that, and I was sitting there responding to it quickly, and. Uh, I see this car pull up on the side of me and they're like throwing their hands up at me. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Usually there's never anybody behind me because you're only coming on the street if if you live there. Yeah, there's like four houses. Yeah, if you live there or, or you know, if you're dropping off at the school. But it was like one in the afternoon. I was like, no one's dropping off a kid. So whatever. She like, you know, yells a little bit of profanity, throws her hands up. And then I take a left to towards my house and pulling my driveway turns out it's my neighbor's daughter. <laughs> so, I don't care, man. I just I had just gotten out of jujitsu. I was it's fine. Not a big deal. Like I was sitting at the stop sign way too fucking long that is kind of an asshole thing. She comes pulling up and she's like, "I am so sorry. Like I was I'm having a bad day. I thought that you were one of those parents that are just sitting there." And like I could have been an asshole. 100% but I've had bad days, dude. I've been in that situation where I'm like, I shouldn't have fucking said that to somebody, you know? And I was just like, don't worry about it. Everybody has a bad day. Happens. I was sitting at the stop sign way too long. The parents are fucking assholes at that school. Yeah. <laughs> like they do blow around that corner and sit at the stop sign for way too long. So I just think that when you have situations like that, it's an opportunity to practice, be nice and be kind. 100%. Point number nine. And I found this one to be interesting, and I think that we can uh, kind of explore this a little bit. I don't know if I agree. Number nine is be boring. It's the only way to get work done. Now, my opinion on this has shifted since starting the podcast. It, actually, maybe since having my son. There is a finite amount of time in the day. You only get 24 hours. You go to sleep. So depending on what your sleep schedule is, those hours are gone. I have a full-time job. So those eight, nine, ten hours are gone. I have a son. I have a wife. I have commitments to them. That time is gone. If I need to edit, if I need to write, if I want to go shoot some photography, I can't 
that's it. I don't have, I, that is the only time I have. I don't have time to go to the bar. I don't have time to do this experience or that experience or this thing or that thing. Maybe I don't have time to, I have to pick between recording or writing or shooting. There's only a certain amount of time in the day. So maybe being boring is the only way that you can get shit done. You don't, you don't have the opportunity for those other things because the creativeness, the creative process, the things you're driving towards, your hobbies, take precedence. I think that it comes back to something that we've talked about where dis- uh, discipline equals freedom, right? When I think of, when, I, when, when you read that, I think of my normal day, right? And most people would say that my normal day is probably pretty fucking boring. Oh, mine right? too. Right? So I wake up, I go to the gym, come home, I make breakfast, I work. Uh, maybe I'll hit a jujitsu class in the afternoon if I have time. If not, I'm going to jujitsu at night. I get home at like 7, 8 o'clock. I eat dinner. I, I take a shower. I go to bed. That's my day. Fucking about f- five days a week. Saturday, it's a little different. I wake up. <coughs> I don't go to the gym. I cook as breakfast and then I go to jujitsu for like five hours and then I come home and then I go to the gym and lift. Then I come back home and I just, you know, whatever, if we're going to the zoo or we're doing something, we're doing something right. Uh, Sunday, sort of the same thing. Wake up, breakfast, jujitsu, gym. Like that's probably a pretty boring, like I'm not on Friday. I can't go out and get fucked up because I have training in the morning. Right. I have things that I'm trying to accomplish and 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 art that I'm trying to make through jujitsu and lifting and competition and so on and so forth. So it's like that's probably viewed as pretty boring for for most people. But for me, with the vision that I have for the future and the things that I'm trying to achieve, that's not boring. That's being disciplined in in my goals and those things are more important than going and getting fucked up. Now, don't get me wrong. I want to go out and have fun. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? And it's important to do that. And it's important to do that, right? But that can't take up more time or be a higher priority than the things that you're trying to achieve or you're just never going to achieve them. 100%. You should shift your perspective on what success is and the goals that you're trying to achieve because you're never going to get there if going out and getting fucked up is more important than goals. Right. Yeah. And again, I mean, I think that it's important that you enjoy your life still. Again, you only get one trip. Wildly important. Like, this is it. You Go to Vegas for a few days. Hell yeah. Right? Like, yes, do that. Yeah. Go out. Last night, you know, we went out and had drinks, right? Yeah. But that was because I hit something. Right. Right? I, 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 hit, a, I hit a goal. Yep. So we're going to go out and we're going to have fun. Again, it's important to have fun, but if you have goals, if you have things you're working towards, again, maybe maybe being boring is what it just what needs to happen. If you got to be boring for three months, you got to be boring for three months. That's it. That's that's my thought process on it. Like I'm locked back in this this until until the end until the end of the year, right? Yeah. December 10th happens. I'm locked in until so like Thanksgiving is not going to be this big party. You know, for me, it's not going to be gorging myself and, and getting trashed. You know what I mean? December 10th, boom, 
and then I can enjoy Christmas and, and the New Year's. Yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have to do some celebratory yeah. thing when you're done with the competitions for this sure. and for the podcast and for you competing and all that stuff. We gotta we gotta do something. For sure. All right. The final point in Steal Like an Artist. Ten things nobody told you about being creative by Austin Cleon. Creativity is subtraction. I had a hard time with this one at first. What does that mean? So creativity is subtraction is understanding what to leave out. What is unnecessary? What's fluff? And and that's what I go back to. So I remember in like fifth, sixth grade, I always loved to write papers. I know that sounds kind of weird. But no, I did too. I love papers. I actually wrote all of my wife's papers all through college. <laughs> if anybody's listening that that could imp- pretend I didn't say it. Um, <laughs> but something I got in fifth grade was my English teacher was like, you're a very good writer, but you have so much extra. There's so much more than necessary. Yeah. You just like to use words. You can, you can, you can say so much more with less. Um, and I think that from a creative standpoint, it is very important to understand what's needed and what can be left off. Um, sometimes, even though it might be what you deem as perfect, it could just be too much. You, you need to know what to leave off. You need to know when to subtract from the equation to make the best possible uh, outcome. Yeah, I feel like you can't be married to your project. Right, you can't be and and directors of movies say this all the time. So hard, it's so hard, right? Especially as the creator, because you're like, I need it needs the whole thing. It's got to be the whole thing. Yep, you know, um, that's hard. Trimming the fat, you know, that's 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 the another way that I, that's another good one. You got to trim the fat, you know. That's 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 how I visualize it, and that can be hard. That can be hard as as somebody who's a creator. That can be hard as somebody who's trying to reach a goal. You know, what is the fluff? What is the fat that I have to identify those things? 100%. And sometimes you need to remove yourself from the equation and get a third party involved and be like, what do I need to cut out of here? Definitely. Or maybe you get a couple of people. Yeah. You know? And thinking about how to relate this back to like your everyday life. I mean, I'm thinking about it or myself at my job, you know, I, I'm asked to create this big experience. All right, cool. Now I can definitely do that. But what's going to resonate? What is actually important for the customer? What is actually going to drive that? And then what is additional? What are the bells and whistles? You know what I think about? Do tell. You ever been to a restaurant that has a massive fucking menu? Yes. And it is so hard to decide what you're going to have. Yeah, like the Cheesecake Factory where it's like a novel. Yeah. It's like 37 pages. Yeah, bullshit. Right? It's too much. If you, if that restaurant boiled it down to 10 dishes and five apps that they perfected, it'd be wildly easier. Yeah. And it'd be wildly more efficient. It'd be wildly more cost effective. That's what I think about when I think about trimming the fat. I sit down at a, at a restaurant that has a menu like that. And I'm like, I know the food's not going to be that great. The food's not going to be that great. It's not going to be as good as like an a la carte yes. restaurant that yep. you walk into that has 
four dishes that they have fucking perfected. That's a great point. So who do you want to be? Yeah. You want to be the big menu? We're going to be the a la carte. There. That was perfect. <laughs> that was a great way to say it. I'm on a roll today, dude. <laughs> we love food here. So that was that big was fan of food. That was fantastic. Food and bourbon. But yeah, so those are the 10 things um, from Steal Like an Artist by Austin Cleon. And again, I think that more so than just creating art, you can apply these principles to your everyday life. Now, some of them fit a little bit easier than others, but again, you just want to be, you just want to be driving towards something and whether you need to sacrifice for it, whether you need to trim the fat, whether you need to get outside opinions, you got to do what you got to do. I I also want to say that that book looks like a piece of art, right? It is a pretty, like, like at, at a minimum, Google this book just so you can see what it looks like. I'm I'm going to read it purely based off of this conversation, but also the way that it looks. Yeah. It is I like it. I don't know how to I don't know how to describe it, but I like it. Yeah, it's fun. I mean it's got pictures, it's got things crossed out. It, it <laughs> look it, that's what it is. It's, it honestly it's looks like I read it at a third grade level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nah, it's like it looks like somebody's notebook. Like Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks like somebody's journal or notebook that yeah. That, that here here are my ideas. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. You should read it. I'm going to read it. You definitely should. Again, it's a quick read. Um, only about 140 pages. Um, again, the book is relatively small. Um, Super small. It's very small. Yeah, and again, it, it's a quick read. So again, it's Still Like an Artist, 10 Things Nobody Told You About Being Creative by Austin Kleon. It is a New York Times bestseller, and we recommend it. Again, it's it's a good read. Should we bust out that second bottle of bourbon? Hell yeah, we should. We got to kill what's in our glass, though. Yeah, all right, let's do that real quick. All right, so we have our second bottle. And I know you're all dying of anticipation as to what it is. So I'll tell you, we are going to be sipping on some Gentleman Jack Double Mellowed Tennessee Whiskey, which is distilled and bottled by Jack Daniel Distillery. In Lynchburg, Tennessee, 40% alcohol by volume, 80 proof. I'll be honest. So I've had this bottle of alcohol in my home for a long time. Many moons, many moons. And I've never opened it. So I figured that this. Have you ever had it before? Nah. No. No, I figured this was a, a good time to give it a whirl. So we'll take a sip and we'll give it a rating. Cheers, brother. Ooh, and just to clarify, five is average. I'm going to give this, oh, man, I'd probably give this a seven. I think it's a seven. Josh's face looks like it's going to be a three, but <laughs> I can explain my rating first, and then we'll talk to Joshua. This is very smooth. I didn't taste any burn or anything like that. Um, I knew what I was drinking. But it's something that we can definitely just sip. It's not, it, it's no burn, no pain. Very easy to drink. It seems a bit, uh, I don't want to say thinner, but it's just much more sippable. I feel like you could have more than one. I didn't, again, I didn't get the burn, which I miss, but that was good. Josh looks so troubled. Well, 
I like the, it's going to sound weird, but I like the like texture of it. It yeah. feels a little bit more, it feels smoother. Yeah. Like more velvety. Yep. I don't love the taste though. It's actually more the aftertaste. I don't love the aftertaste of it. Explain it to me. It just feels caustic. Caustic? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The taste feels, uh, the aftertaste feels a little caustic. And it's it's not fair because I'm like, oh, I like Knob Creek better, but that's not fair because that's a bourbon and this is a Tennessee whiskey mm-hmm. and it's and it's two sort of different things. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hold on. I like Knob Creek better too. Yeah. Yeah, I think I like bourbon better in general. See, I'm a big whiskey guy. I, I Proper 12, Conor McGregor's whiskey is like, it's disgusting. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. You can go fuck yourself. You like it? I love it. Oh, it's disgusting. Got to put it in the freezer. It's so bad. Really? It's so bad. And I love Conor McGregor. That's so bad. Oh, it's really I don't like it at all. Sorry. All right, gentlemen. I Jack. wanted to love it. Gentlemen, I Jack. to love it. We gentleman can't. We Jack. can't. We can't gentleman talk Jack. about proper twelve. <laughs> Sorry, gentlemen, Jack. Um, I think I'm. Gonna, I'm. I'm just gonna go with a five. Okay. A pretty like I could. I could. I could drink it. You know. I don't love it. Uh, I'm going to say it's average. What did I give it a seven? Uh, yeah. I think I did. I, I yeah. feel like that's a little too high. Yeah. I'm going to go six. So same as Knob Creek? Think it's the same as Knob Creek? Well, as you pointed out. Yeah, it is two different things. two different things. That's true. Maybe I just ranked Knob Creek a little low. I don't know. You might have. That's Yeah, you might have. Yeah, you think you make a good point, though. We are comparing two different things. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little different than the beers, isn't it? It is. Because, like, these are sort of the same, where the beers are never really the same. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys like? Do you like the beers? Do you like the bourbon? Do you want a mix of one and the other? Should we drink other things, like tequila or gasoline? (laughs) I got a a fucking sweet thing of gin up there. I love gin. I hate gin. Okay. But that gin (laughs) is, like, it's fucking phenomenal dude i'll show i'll show you to you after on the on the top shelf three in from the right yep yep. see how it's dark i do i've never seen a dark gym before i mean we'll have to try that next time yeah 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 definitely all right gentlemen jack sorry uh don't be be sorry again this is i think this is a clear indication that this is not like to die for it's good it's fine yeah again it's not nothing to write home about it's fine it's drinkable it's fine yeah, I I don't know. I expected more. I did too. I expected a little more. Yeah, I did too. And this is a more expensive bottle. I honestly can't tell you. I don't oh, know. I don't. Know. I got it as a gift, so I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure of the price point. I bet Clyde Mays is uh, less expensive. So, Gentleman Jack is actually at a reasonable price point. Well, actually, I see it kind of all over the place. See the thirty-five or fifty-five. Either way, go from thirty to sixty. I just feel like it's an average bottle of, uh, it's just an average bottle of whiskey. I don't know, 30 to 60, I'd rather just have Clyde, Clyde Mays. Clyde Mays for the win. Yeah, I don't, that's sort of the benchmark for me now. Really? On on this podcast. Do you like it better than Knob Creek? I do. Really? Yeah, I do. I didn't expect that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, uh-huh. I, ra- I rated it like an eight point something. Ah, you did, yeah. You, yeah. you want to put your penis in it, I get it, but. <laughs> yeah, I didn't impregnate it. <laughs> <laughs> if I could. I'd do it. All right. You know, call it call it an episode. Hell yeah. All right. Uh thank you so much for listening. 
As always, um, if you like the podcast, if you hate the podcast, please You're leave indifferent. us. Yeah, yeah. Leave us a review. Let us know what we should keep doing. What do you like better? Justin had a great question. Do you guys like the bourbon review, the beer review? Are you digging the sip and read? Let us know via uh, Instagram, I guess. Justin, if they want to get in touch with you and let you know how much we suck, what do they? How do they do that? Yeah, it's uh, Justin underscore DL Project. All right. If you want to get in touch with the podcast on Instagram, it is at the Do Life Project. If you want to get in touch with me, I am at Joshua underscore does underscore life. And as always, keep showing up and live uncomfortably. Hell yeah. And I look forward to uh, Friday's episode where we get to talk about Josh's competition and uh, jujitsu competition. Jujitsu competition. Yeah, not not dick sucking competition. <laughs> I'd win that. You dude. totally would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You totally would. But yeah, tune in Friday and we'll uh we'll hear about Josh and his his epic uh adventure. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, rock on. Bye.